6K. Big time racketeer. Back in full force. This could be one of the big moments in your life. Don't make it your last. Look, this thing might be bigger than even we think it is. You need an upgrade to the soundtrack to your life. Perhaps a song from a film or a tune from TV. My name is Gap. Exploding Head Movies is here to give you sounds from the cinema, along with the songs that will be defining your future, and those forgotten classics that need a little rescue. Monday, 7 9 p.m. on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. Hello, everybody. You are listening to 101.9 FM in Vancouver, CITR. Catch Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Hi, everyone. This is your Marvel Superhero Story Tape. Sit back and enjoy two exciting adventures. Okay, now, here we go with the story, How Spider-Man Began. Look. There's a spider. A good year for spiders. Or so it so seems. Incessantly weaving such gossamer schemes as should make one wonder what blueprint within instinctively causes a spider to spin. And look, look how lovely the glint of the sun is gracing with highlights the web being spun. Dear God of all spiders, please hear this small prayer. Is spidery heaven one infinite snare? Will there be gravity so food will fall by? Have you ever tasted a blue bottle fly? Never had scorpion, do they have a god? Ticks, you might fancy, but the flavor is odd. But not quite as odd as gregarious gnats who fly into trouble when ravenous bats with senses all heightened go Dracula stark and quick eat up tasty lost gnats in the dark. I wonder if spiders would like eating mites those juicy small monsters who louse up the nights of asthmatic sleepers allergic to waste. Spiders might like mites and get used to the taste. Spiders do what they must in spidery nets. Intrinsic insiders who cover all bets with polymer silver that they gossamer spin and wait, wait for some dinner that soon may drop in. 
ever get the blues do you use Monday evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematically inspired program here found on Vancouver's crime-fighting radio station, CITR. Your voice of the University of British Columbia here on 101.9 FM. Broadcast at 590 watts from unseen Musqueam territory from the student nest on campus. And our signal takes us throughout the lower mainland. From Squamish in the north, Bellingham, Washington to the south. West, past Point Grey and across the Salish Sea. Where our frequency dukes it out with our friends over at UVX CFUV. And then east, past Langley, deep into the Fraser Valley. Telesoptic subscribers, tune in on channel 7023 in case you get your radio over the TV or however else the magic of fiber gets into your ears. Otherwise, in all these places and everywhere else the internet takes you, just do your web slinging over at www.citr.ca. That is the World Wide Web after all. My name is Gak, and I'll be swinging from skyscraper to skyscraper for the next two hours. Who knows if there's buildings there as the repeated background landscapes pass by. But let's stick with the walls and help make the world a better place. Phone number for the station for those of you listening live right now this very damp Monday evening. 604. 822-2487, that spells out UBCCITR if you were to ignore the area code. Otherwise, do keep it short and sweet and to the point. You can email anytime, Radio Free GAC, and that's G-A-K at the end of that statement at gmail.com. Exploding Head Movies is on Facebook under its given name, on Twitter at 100air. And on Instagram, I am Myopic Man. Seems to be pictures of things inside, because outside it's hard to take pictures of. Hope you had a fine weekend. Whatever you ended up doing. I know that the various Christmas mark or other winter festivals are starting to build up. At this point for me, it is highly acceptable because American Thanksgiving has passed. Of course, now we are in the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Anything pre-Boxing Day sales and, oh yeah, Christmas. 
I appreciate the Hanukkah menorah coming up right now here in the student nest. So, I think everything you've just heard prior to my voice, at least from the top of the hour, should indicate what we're about to get into for this episode. And it was a few weeks ago that Stan Lee died. And the main proponents of modern comics, and of course we associate Marvel with his endeavors. And at some point, we're sorting out what to share with you this week. Uh, there are plenty of options, and early playlists featured everything from Iron Man, Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, Thor, The Incredible Hulk, any manner of Avengers, past, present, and potentially future. But uh, upon listening to how the show was going to sound, it was going to be weird. So best to keep it simple especially with the wide range of music that this superhero has. So we'll keep it simple, and we'll go with Marvel's most popular. It's going to be Spider-Man. Or if you ask the neighbors, it's the Spider-Mans. Doing some great job there. Now, of course, Spider-Man features a long history in pop culture. And musically, this has gone for over 50 years. And uh, for also, same purposes for your resident uh, friendly neighborhood programmer here. We are not going to do much tied to the weird 70s material, like the British prog rock tribute, a rock opera comic, a comical rock album, uh, the Electric Company Easy Reader Act, and we're going to skip most of the 2000 era movies. So, as you suspect, as we narrow things down, we're going to go into the 1960s. Because for three years, there was an animated cartoon that uh, did air on ABC. I'm familiar with the CBC reruns in the 80s and 90s. But yeah, we're going to go with the original Spider-Man TV series. Gave us a catchy theme song, which you will hear, but not in its original form, not in a Ramones cover. Uh, we're definitely going to go to La Belle Provence for the appropriate material there. So, but we're not going to be limited necessarily with uh, what was come of its time since uh, a lot of people have played with uh, Seasons 1 and Composer, which was Ray Ellis. But we'll also touch upon some of the work from Seasons 2 and 3 since it comes from our favorite, the KPM Music Library. So, just recap what we start off with. We heard Paul Souls as Peter Parker, aka Spider-Man. Oh my god, I revealed a secret identity. And then we actually heard the man himself, Stan Lee, from a snippet of a read-along book that I cannot identify, and I did spend a part of the weekend listening through many different books, but there wasn't enough there to identify it. YouTube, you'll be pleased to know, is chock full of people reading themselves the read-along book. But Stanley provided that, and I found that off of one of the Spidey Breaks compilations through Boba Fettuccini. That was the first one off of Side A, called Radioactive Spidey. And then we heard the legendary voice artist and radio producer Ken Nordine off of 2001's A Transparent Mask. A good year for spiders. But... We'll ease our way into Spider-Man lore, but expect the back half hour to, or back hour, 
sometime not presently in place, but down the road. Steady listeners. Of course, all the profile fans just like, eh, he does this thing for the first little bit and then eventually gets into whatever we want to hear. Unless he runs out of time and then things screw up, but yeah. You'll get your Spidermans. Don't you worry. You also get a whole bunch of songs about spiders, too. Because I will tell you, the music I will share with you, the other radio programs that have done a far better job, and I'm also sort of tied a little bit with what I can do within uh, the appropriate broadcast content limits. So, But yeah, we'll have fun. We'll sling our webs and make do. Now in the background, this is the Vancouver producer Coton, and off this year's outstanding little album, Beautiful You. This is Levi's synth. And uh, of course, with uh, the end of the year coming up, I have to start thinking about the best of lists. So at some point before the year is over, we'll definitely get our year in review, as it were. Let's talk about one concert happening in town this week, which should be exemplary. Nico Case is in town with Destroyer this Friday, November 30th at the Vogue Theater. It's a sold-out show. Everyone's been looking forward to it, especially if you're a new Pornographers fan catching recent tours with neither of them there. So this is like your other Pornographers touring here. Nico Case's most recent album came out this year. It's called Hell On. But we're going to go off a little something off her 2002 album, Blacklisted. Perfect little tribute to the recently deceased Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul, as it were. And this is the song that, I mean, as a big Nico Case fan, I appreciated the work that I heard in the 90s with the acts with uh, uh, her boyfriends and Mao. But the second I heard this cover, I was sold. And here we go. This is Nico Case with Aretha Franklin's Running Out of Fools. You're now listening to Exploding Him Movies Live from the realms of Studio A of that not-so-foolish station that you know and love as CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. Isn't he you wanna talk to tonight? Everyone in town's got a young lover. Everybody's got you pegged right. Is that why you got in touch with me? I was even colder than I Didn't bother you, I was crying Now you want to break my heart twice Is that why you In your little black book 
Want to save energy and keep yourself comfortable? Turn down your thermostat one degree Celsius or consider installing a programmable thermostat. If every household in BC with electric space heating turned down their heat by one degree for eight hours a day, it would save enough electricity to power Science World for over 75 years. This Power Smart Play brought to you by BC Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9 FM. Bye. 
Off his most recent album, 2017's Ken. That was Destroyer with Ivory Coast. And if you're a Geographic fan, you know that they actually go by their French name right now. Cote d'Ivoire. They rename themselves. Which you're entitled to when you own your own country. My name's Gak. I'm not a country. But anyways. Dambahar is the man behind Destroyer. And, uh, as mentioned before, he'll be touring with Nico Case 
as MRG Concerts presents Nico Case along with Destroyer Friday, November 30th at the Vogue Theater. Doors are at 7, show starts at 8. And one thing to note for Destroyer is that he, at least based on recent shows, has been doing solo. So it's just going to be Destroyer with quite likely a guitar. But from what I read of some recent other reviews, guests will pop by and help out. We'll see. But you'll probably just see him that way. It is an all-ages show, but this show has been sold out for quite some time. Should be all that and a bag of chips. Behind me, this is Sarah Devachi, and off of her most recent album, Gave In Rest, this is Gilded. And uh, played some Devachi last week, although it was just sort of like a quick, whimsical thing of the moment. Originally from Calgary, although right now she's studying uh, musicology at UCLA. She's based in Los Angeles now, but she has spent some time here in Vancouver. And she'll be coming back to town next month as she has a show at the Redgate Art Society. So it'll be December 21st. Expect more of her wonderful music, especially as she explores more temporal as <laughs> Two words there, crashing together. Temporal elements. Of course, it almost feels like a choir, in a way, as she explores the voice. And also this in town this week for another sold-out show, it's Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox. You've probably seen some of the videos on YouTube if you haven't heard it before. It's the idea of almost sweet jazz versions or maybe a little bit of 40s big band reinterpretations of modern pop songs. And this is something Bradley tried 10 years ago as a way of breaking a bit of a creative rut, but he's done quite well since then. All manners of R&B, hip-hop, pop. Every song you've probably heard on the radio the past while, if not going back in time as well. Although not going back totally to the 40s. So, MRG Concerts presents Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox this Saturday, December 1st at the Vogue Theater. In case you just stay there the night after catching Nico Case and Destroyer. Doors are at 8. It's a 19 and older show. And this thing has been sold out for quite some time, but don't you worry, tickets are available for when the jukebox comes back in March. So that might be when I have to get tickets. So we'll figure it out. Gonna go off something twenty gonna go off twenty fourteen's album Historical Misappropriation. This features Ariana Savalas on vocals. And you might remember this from the mid nineties with a sweet little piano hook. This will be Scott Bradley and the Postmodern Jukebox with no diggity because he's got to bag it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shorty, get down. Good Lord. Baby, got him open all over town. Simply cause you don't play around Cover much ground Got gained by the pound Getting paid as a forte Each and every day Shoot play away I can't get him out of my mind I think about the boy all the time East side to the west side 
pushing fat rises and no surprise. He got tricks in the stash, stacking up the cash. That's when it comes to the gas. By no means average. Oh, cause he's got to have it. Baby, you're the perfect. I wanna get in. Can I get down so I can? I like the way you work it. 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 Ooh, he's got class and style. Street knowledge by Feelings isn't no, so let me tell you how it goes. You're blowing my mind, maybe in time, baby. I can get you in Columbia is in the middle of an electoral referendum. Throughout November, eligible voters will be asked to choose between the current system of first-past-the-post or one based on proportional representation. But what is proportional representation? The name gives a lot away. These are systems that match the overall proportion of votes cast in the province to the proportion of elected MLAs. That is, a party that gets 30% of the votes gets 30% of the seats in the legislature. To learn more about First Past the Post and the proportional representation systems, go to uvotebc.ca. If you haven't received your ballot, go to elections.bc.ca to find out how. Uh, 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 uh,
Just a little excerpt of a popular cassette that was traded in the underground in the early 80s. Because as the story goes, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation had a strike. And a particular note in 1982 is that uh, the CBC North stations, not sure if it's Whitehorse, Yellowknife, or elsewhere... They basically stopped broadcasting for a time. I mean, I think standard CBC practice right now is just to play a whole bunch of classical music with bare announcements, but... The word was that, uh, for a little time, the janitor took over the airwaves for a little bit, unmonitored, and uh, with his friends, came up with a whole bunch of jokes. So, at least from what can be told over time, it is unknown who that Inuit DJ was, but... There's a bootleg called the She Be She Strike that covers that. And of course, appropriate for 2018. That is tied to marijuana humor, as evidenced by the song being played, something being lit, and of course, a little bit of re- reference to Lebanese ragweed. So, if you get a chance, look up the history. There's a 30 minute excerpt of the actual uh, tape that was traded, available either on YouTube. Or WFMU, the Hoboken, New Jersey radio station that has done amazing stuff. And oddly enough, WFMU is going to come up later on in the show. Tied into what we're looking at with Spider-Man. Now, in the background, this is Toronto's 151. And off a self-titled EP that came in through the Bedroomer label. Assuming I can tell time. No, it will be coming out in December. This song is Voodoo. My name is Gak. You're listening to Exploding Heavy Movies here live on 101.9 FM CITR. I think it's still raining heavily in Vancouver. It's dark. I see a big blue spotlight. People seem to be able to smoke outside from what I can see, but I think it weather may have cleared a bit. We're going to go to Galliano. Almost got it. Galliano Island. For this next act, although there's some connection to what's going on in Calgary. Name's T-Nile, and she's been doing a whole bunch of folktronica for quite some time, although we haven't really heard from her since 2014, but... New material is coming out, and I was notified that this single came out a week or two ago. Featuring Sadowick and Dave Quanbury here, indicating that there is probably an album version of this song which tells me an album is due soon. Not sure the full details of it yet, but obviously we'll keep our ears open. Here's T-Nile with Note to Self. You love me like this 
season, you're invited to the first annual presentation of The Minties, Mint Records Award Show and Mandatory Holiday Function. On Saturday, December 1st, dust off your cummerbund and diamonds and point your limo in the direction of the opulent ballroom of the Astoria Hotel at 769 East Hastings. The night will be a non-stop display of glitz and glamour, hosted by the legendary Ben Lai. You'll be rubbing elbows and watching sets from the biggest stars of Team Mint, including Dumb, Woolworm, Faith Healer, Lie, Needles and Pins, Energy Slime, Calarissa, and special guests, Neki. Tickets are on sale now at Red Cat Records and Neptune Records. Ta-ta! Crimes and Treasons Radio, this is Riff Raff. Every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. on 101.9 FM. Yes, yes, you and I rock with the best. 101.9 CITR Radio. Crimes and Treasons, this is your boy Just Blaze. Right now you're rocking with Jules Andre Brown, Rolly Wells, Jamal Steels, and Horsepower. You know what it is, right? Yo, it's I Am Sue, man. I want to shout out Crimes and Treasons Radio, man. CITR 101.9, man. Turn up, turn up, turn up. Listen to Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you.
Beach House. Going off their 2015 album, Depression Cherry, we heard Wild Flower. Beach House, most recent album came out uh, recently. <laughs> it's called Seven, marking their seventh album. I would think it came out in 2017 as I think about it, but I forgot to write the year down, but that's the most recent stuff. They're still touring in support of that album, although right now, outside of a date in Miami, most of what they're seeing right now, Australia, New Zealand, quality stuff. Now, behind me, some Stereo Lab off of at least the uh, third compilation that they put in 1998 called Switched On Series 3 off of Aluminum Tunes. This is their version of Iron Man, although it's not associated with Black Sabbath at all. Definitely not really directly tied to Marvel in any way whatsoever, but fun, jaunty song. And uh, least recent news from Stereolab is that their compilation albums all tied to Switched On. 1992's simply called Switched On, 1995's Refried Ectoplasm, and 1998's Aluminum Tombs were recently remastered and released onto vinyl and CD, and that was in September. And if you do listen to this show and you're a fan of Stereolab, take a look at track six refried ectoplasm you might have an idea of how the show has its name alright let's talk about some of the soundtracks out this week and regular listeners are like why is this happening now that's because we got a lot of fun stuff lined up for you as new material goes Nicholas Bertel's back he did the score to If Beale Street Could Talk that's got through Lakeshore Records this week I think there was an earlier pressing this is coming out with some other media. Maybe it's a physical copy this time. Otherwise, Dolly Parton, Linda Perry, and various other artists provide the music for Dumplin'. It's coming out through RCA. Chris Bowers scores Green Book. It's coming out through Milan Records. Otherwise, Michael J. McEnvoy's original score to the Jazz Ambassadors is coming out, and I don't have a label for that. As re-releases go, if you missed Halloween, well, there's an expanded limited edition of 3,000 CDs of... Mushik Kilar's score to Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's coming out through La La Land Records, which is also putting out a few other limited edition uh, releases. John Williams, the complete soundtrack collection to Harry Potter, the 25th anniversary edition of Schindler's List, and then David Arnold's score from the Bond movie The World is Not Enough. Otherwise, there is the 10th anniversary vinyl box set of the music from Breaking Bad. And then... Brian Reitzel provides the score to season two of the National Geographic series Mars. As Nick Cave and Warren Ellis could not come back and do it after they did season one. All right. We aren't going to totally go Marvel on you yet. Uh, there is another cover I wanted to dig up in an R&B vein, but uh, modern style. And Michelle Nadege Ocello, legendary bass player for uh, quite some time. I remember some work with, I think, David Byrne of Talking Heads, along with John Cougar, or sometimes not Cougar Mellencamp. But uh, she put some music on her own, and uh, this year she put out an album called Ventriloquism, which uh, cheekily refers to the fact that uh, there's a whole bunch of covers on this album, going from songs from 1982 to 1994, including 
some from Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam, Prince Deep Cuts, <coughs> TLC, George Clinton, Janet Jackson, Tina Turner, Sade. And the nice thing is that all royalties or proceeds will be going to ACLU, the American Coalition for Freedom of Speech and or Lawyer. I forget what the acronym is for, but it's for free speech and lawyers, legal rights, and stuff like that. Original version of this song was a big smooth hit from 1990 for Ralph Tresvant. You might remember from the new edition, but off of ventriloquism, here's Michelle the Degjocello with Sensitivity. Since 
ship out there will be smashed to bits. Use your emergency equipment. It won't work. Nothing works. It's got to. It's no use. Everything seems to be stuck. My life's worth a try anyway. Come on, fellas. You can make it. Just listen to this. Spider-Man saves Freighter. You can't tell me the captain couldn't have brought his ship in without the help of that publicity-seeking show-off, Spider-Man. Don't get caught wasting power. Unplug cell phone, camera, and other battery chargers when charging is complete. Many electronic devices continue to use power even when you are not operating them. The amount of energy consumed by electronics in a year when they were not in use could power Whistler Blackcomb Resorts for 43 years. This Power Smart Play brought to you by BC Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9 FM.
off his most recent album, 2014's Black Messiah. That was D'Angelo along with the Vanguard with Sugar Daddy. That song was uh, co-written by Q-Tip along with uh, background vocalist Kendra Foster. Some wonderful music written by D'Angelo along with Pino Palladino on bass and James Gadsden on drums. Questlove's fingerprints are all over the place. But a particular note was on trumpet, cornet, flugelhorn, and towards the end, I think, just on the mouthpiece. Legendary jazz musician, Roy Hargrove. Discovered by Wynton Marsalis when visiting his Dallas high school in the 80s. Moved to Boston to study, but found New York jam sessions more educational. Ended up recording with uh, Bobby Watson, Sonny Rollins, Jimmy Smith, Oscar Peterson, Kenny Washington, Joe Henderson, Branford Marsalis on the jazz side. As we heard, he also went R&B and pop with folks like Macy Gray, Nal Rogers, Common, Natalie Cole, and Erica Badu. Definitely part of a young wave of jazz at the time, but he'd struggled with kidney failure. And on November 2nd, Hargrove died of a cardiac arrest from kidney disease. He was only 49 years old. And in the background here, this is me mixing up all my notes. Stelvio Cipriani from the soundtrack to the 2016 film The Black Spider. This is the main theme. Stelvio Cipriani was one of the uh, composers who profiled last week on Exploding Yet Movies here since he recently passed away. I'll iterate is that I think I put too many profiles in that show and that I think I have to do a redo of the other composer we profiled, Francis Lai. But all in good time. Over the weekend, we've learned that a couple of directors passed away recently. English director Nicholas Koeg and the Italian director Bernardo Bertolucci. So we're going to have to process all that. Not sure if I can get things taken care of in 2018. Definitely been overdue on profiling at least the latter's The Last Emperor, featuring a great score by David Byrne and Ryuchi Sakamoto. I'll look into some uh, Nicholas Kirk since we uh, recently profiled uh, the soundtrack to David Bowie's debut, at least in film, The Man Who Fell to Earth. My name is Gak, you're listening to Exploding Head Movies here. 101.9 FM in Vancouver, CITR, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory from the student nest on UBC campus. You can catch us online at www.citr.ca or on Telesoptic, channel 7023. So the spider musics are coming back. And uh, that ties into our profile. On the Marvel founder, Stan Lee. Born Stanley Martin Lieber. Oh, New York City. And uh, when he was 15 years old, via his uncle, he got an assistant's job at then Timely Comics, a division of a pulp magazine and comic book publisher in the late 30s. And he did basic things like filling inkwells, getting lunches for the uh, artists and writers, doing some proofreading, erasing the pencil lines after everything was inked. And wrote his first bits for publication when he was 17 and created his first characters when he was 19, including The Destroyer, 
although we heard a different destroyer at the top of the show. And uh, World War II came along, and he was only one of nine official army playwrights. And uh, he did what he could do, at least on the promotional front with the army, but while he was serving, he still kept working on the comic book side of things. Upon uh, leaving the army after World War II ended, kept working at Timely. Although at a certain point, he felt like he still felt like he could write the great American novel. But when the 60s came along, he ended up uh, publishing, being the or not publishing, he was the editor. And at that point, superheroes like the Fantastic Four came along. And then eventually, Spider-Man. Now, I'll talk a little bit about Spider-Man's creation as we get into the show, but... Of course, we've been in the show for an hour now, but now we're getting to the spider part of the show, where all the songs now refer to spiders, at least until we get into some of the wacky music from the 1960s animated TV series. And we'll start with a wacky Canadian on his own, the name of Bruce Hack, originally Alberta, and a big proponent of synthetic music, to the point he moved to New York. And along the luminaries that he met of the Fluxists, he opted for more kids' music and uh, managed to put out a wide array of stuff before getting into the occult. And then the 80s was going to be some wild stuff. Unfortunately, he died in 1982. Off of his 1969 album, the electronic album for children, and my goodness, this is not scary at all for children at all. Nope. This is Bruce Hack, if you guessed it. Spiders. As we fly, I've been thinking about how many interesting forms of life there are on Earth. Take spiders, for instance. They're not really insects. They're more or less, um... Insect cousins, and there are spiders by the hundreds of dozens. They lay many eggs, raise many kids, and their scientific name is arachnids. Some spiders weave webs like silk, which they get from a part of their body called a spinneret. They squeeze some liquid through holes so tiny that a strand like silk comes out strong and shiny. spins a web pretty tricky for the web is pretty and the web is sticky a fly flies into it stuck can't turn back so the spider enjoys a tasty snack (laughs) 
Spiders are big and spiders are small, but they never seem to grow very tall. They use the silk they spin in strings for covering their babies and other things. One spider I saw was very cute. He was using his silk as a parachute. Spiders are insect cousins, and there are spiders by the hundreds of dozens. They lay many eggs, raise many kids, and their scientific name is arachnids. Columbia is in the middle of an electoral referendum. Throughout November, eligible voters will be asked to choose between the current system of first-past-the-post or one based on proportional representation. Mixed-member proportional is one of three options for proportional representation. In this system, British Columbians will have one local MLA and a number of regional MLAs. The ballot they cast will contribute to the selection of both. To learn more about first-past-the-post and the proportional representation systems, go to uvotebc.ca. If you haven't received your ballot, go to elections.bc.ca to find out how.
From Toronto, that was Mean Red Spiders. And off of their most recent release, 2014's I Am The Sea, that was Somethings. Mean Red Spiders has been a part of the Toronto scene for about 20 years. I remember some of their early material. And they kept up this sort of dream pop vibe. Some of the members also dabble in an improvised combo called Ghost Light, which uh, I need to find some more material from that and see how that sounds. Otherwise, behind me, this is Vancouver duo Kensington Gore, and off their 2013 titled release, this is Music for Spiders. So Spider-Man, created in 1962, appearing uh, in uh, the final copy of a magazine called Amazing Fantasy number 15, which was supposed to be hearkening to a new era. But the point that uh, the then-publisher was dealing with, they basically gave Stanley carte blanche to put something out, because at this point, if the thing was going to retire, then they can experiment, so... Stanley worked with Steve Ditko to create Spider-Man. Part of the influence of Spider-Man comes from an old pulp character called the Spider, as though he were the Shadow or the Phantom. But there was also one night when Stanley was sitting at home and he watched one arachnid climb his wall. Stanley came up with the premise, although it had been retroactively made continuous or retconned the idea of a super smart boy getting bitten by a radioactive spider and gains those skills to fight crime, although things happen to his family. So Stanley came up with the story. Steve Ditko came up with the iconic outfit. Although, uh, based on the long burgeoning history of things, uh, there's talk that Jack Kirby and Joe Simon had some connection to its creation, but all signs point to a great collaboration between Lee and Ditko. Lee coming up with the ideas of what the story will be like, and then Ditko making the drawings, but without dialogue. And at that point, Lee would react that way, so definitely a tight collaboration, although Lee basically had the proponer aspect, which is part of the reason we know and associate him with Marvel. Let's get a couple more Spider songs here before we get into the 1960s cartoon. We're going to go to Chicago. Part of the great alt-rock scene of the 90s. They're called Veruca Salt. And off of their 1994 debut, American Thighs, riffing on ACDC, this is going to be Spider-Man 79. i 
another night's work well done. And so easy without that nuisance Spider-Man. I didn't know you cared. You! Yes, Electro. And I'm going to short-circuit you once and for all. You would have been better off in the hands of the police. You are no match for my power. It takes more than power to win. It takes brains and knowing your enemy. I'll pick my power against your brains any day. What was that? That, my thieving fiend, is the result of brains. Use your brain. Turn off all the lights when you leave a room. If every household in BC turned off one light bulb for four hours a day for one year, it would save enough electricity to power all the homes in Mission for an entire year. This Power Smart Play brought to you by BC Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9 FM. This is Sir Reginald Wainsmere, composer of the film Too Many Tuesdays. You can hear my music and much more on Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7th on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
Vancouver's own Black Mountain off their 2008 album In the Future but also appearing I wrote down Spider-Man 2 I think it was the Spider-Man 3 film that was Stay Free of course when it comes to Canadian music in the first round of Spider-Man movies directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tobey Maguire as the web slinger Nickelback What's the song we mostly associate with what's going on? One thing that jumps out with Marvel, in contrast to uh, DC Comics, is the superheroes have their own little flaws, and definitely makes them more human as a result. So instead of your Supermans, your Wonder Womans, everyone else that basically, you know, does good, nothing wrong, you have folks like Peter Parker, who bullied upon in school, treated as an enemy by his employer, can't reveal his identity, because no one will believe he's a young kid, and he's still broke, looking for love, figuring all things of that nature. So you think of the DC Comics universe, Spider-Man would be more like a sidekick of sorts, but once Marvel started realizing what they had with Spider-Man, they published a lot of comic books, I think two or three separate series leading up to the 60s. An untapped market, having an actual teenage person as a superhero and all the doubts there, became popular enough that became a TV show. In the background, this is BC's Mantra Kid, and off of the 2012 release Dragon Lollipies. This is the Spider. It samples Ray Ellis, a record producer, arranger, conductor, known for working with Billie Holiday, Johnny Mathis, Sarah Vaughan, The Four Lads, and Amy Lou Harris. In 1962, he provided the score to the first season of Spider-Man. You can actually catch his name as a credit as incidental music in the TV. And uh, it was a Canadian-American co-production via Grant Ray Lawrence Animation. And the vocal talent, definitely uh, Canadian through and through. And it's one thing when you listen to the voices and the accents of the time. Definitely Canadian. Spider-Man and Peter Parker is voiced by Paul Souls, and he's still working. Appeared in the 2016 CBC comedy web series My 90-Year-Old Roommate. His cousin, Bernard Bunny Cohen, was the narrator. J. Jonan Jameson was voiced by Paul Kligman, who you probably recognize if you're catching your holiday specials coming up on TV as the voice of Donner and Coach Comet from Rankin Bass's Rudolph of the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Peg Dixon voiced uh, all the women. And she was Mrs. Claus and Mrs. Donner and Rudolph. And as I had to look, Paul Souls voices Hermie, the dentist elf. So a lot more overlap between both productions as I read into it. And at some point I have to delve into one of the other crazy Canadian comic TV series of the 60s, but we'll save that for later. Anyways, let's hear some of Ray Ellis' music from season one. And I'll tell you how this music is available. And uh, we'll also intercut it with some cues from the series. So here's Ray Ellis from season one. 1967's ABC, CBC, syndicated series. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Thank you. 
worry, Mr. Mayor. We're going to blast that thing right back to wherever it came from. sort of danger here, but what? All right. From 1967, off of the first season of Spider-Man, we heard Ray Ellis with all manners of untitled cues that represent what you heard. The Spider-Man swung from building to building, usually the same building, and the same building is always in the background. Just because uh, animation at the 60s they cut corners a lot, so if you actually look at Spider-Man's outfit, for the record, I'm trying not to say Spider-Man all the time, as though, you know, they're like your neighbors. The Goodmans, the Chestermans, and the Spider-Mans. Spider-Man! There's a reason they hyphenate that. I've lost the point what I was saying now. <laughs> Gah. But yeah, a lot of recycled animation in place, so yeah, the spider web that made up 
Steve Ditko's infamous costume was not animated, and you don't actually see Spider-Man's little wings as well, too. But yeah, the music for it was never released, at least in its original format. Apparently, there was some uh, re-recorded efforts to see what was at least reproduced something to get out. But the issue at hand was that it seems like the master tapes are lost. But yeah, there's still a lot of people trying to investigate how that music actually got to be. So there are at least lots of comic book geeks recorded the TV series to get those excerpts. And if you want, there's a great YouTube supercut of all of Ray Ellis's music. Now, seasons two and three, the budget was scaled way back, and uh, animation moved over to Krantz Films, and definitely uh, more psychedelic and weird as Ralph Bakshi, we know for Fritz the Cat, and the weird animated Lord of the Rings provided the music there. And uh, as a result of trying to save on animation... They also skipped using a lot of the standard villains, and it turned into just to like weird kind of green creatures. Because uh, some recycled animation from Rocket Robin Hood entered the TV show. Ray Ellis's music remained, but some additional cues were added by uh, the libraries of Capitol, Conroy, Joseph Weinberger, and the legendary British KPM Music Library. So the punchy number we heard before was Sid Dale with the Hellraisers. And behind me now, this is Dave Lindup with Stand By. Both available on a new compilation called Spider Jazz. KPMQ is used in the amazing animated series that we are not allowed to mention for legal reasons, which came out through Trunk Records this year. So we'll dig up some more KPM gems, although uh, we're going to veer off of that actual Spider Jazz compilation since I found a webpage that details... A lot of the cues used, so I was able to use parts of my library. And uh, after some more dialogue snippets here from Spider-Man, we'll get into some KPM from Bill Martin and Phil Coulter, the European Soundstage Orchestra, and then the two guys who wrote the song, You Listen, Bud, it's got radioactive blood. But yeah, uh, we're going to go with... uh, the long autre, si tu écoutes. More Spider-Man here on Exploding Movies. CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver.
interrupt, Mr. Jameson, but the window cleaners have refused to wash the windows. They're afraid of the vulture man. being tied up for a change, eh, Mole? So much Spider-Man there. So, we start off with Bill Martin and Phil Coulter with Disco Tick. And then, the European Soundstage Orchestra with Not So Private Eye. Then we heard Bob Harris and Paul Francis Webster with Into the Sunset, which segued into the French version of their famous theme song. Paul Francis Webster winning Oscars in the past for his lyrics, and then Bob Harris with the music. If you're curious, en français, Spider-Man is l'araignée, or le homme-araignée, as it were. The singers there in French are similar to English in that it features all manners of CBC vocalists, as everything was recorded at RCA Studios in Toronto, at least vocal-wise. All the music was done by New York crew. Spider-Man, the cartoon series, lasted for three seasons. The first on two on ABC, then syndicated its final season. 
And if you like all that kind of music, former CITR host Cliff Nesterhoff, who you know now as a TV host and an established author tied to classic comedy and classic TV, uh, did an excellent episode in 2009 for the old show Laugh Tracks, The Generation Exploitation. And uh, also ties into a 2000 essay that he wrote for WFMU again, since he was a frequent contributor to that. The original Spider-Man cartoon does re-air now and then on things like Teletoon Retro, and I think the Disney website as part of the Marvel acquisition shows it sometimes. You know, the background here from the CBS 1978 Live series, which only lasted two seasons and 13 episodes. Here's Stu Phillips, Dana Kaproff, and Johnny Spence with the theme to The Amazing Spider-Man. 1972, Stan Lee stepped down as publisher from Marvel, and he headed out west to California to help promote Marvel for TV and eventually film, which accounts for a lot of the wonderful films that we've gotten used to appearing as cameos in. So. Now, let's talk about Ray Ellis again, since I mentioned before that his music was never released in its original form. It has been re-recorded, and in this case, we're going to go with two Canadian acts that re-recorded the material. We'll start off with Winnipeg's Volume. And in 2002, they put out an album called The Amazing Spider Band, which takes Ray Ellis's compositions, which we've heard both as songs already and backing the piece, the BC Power Smart ads, and some wonderful stuff. They came up with names for untitled cues. Here's Volume with one of Spider-Man's villains, the Sandman.
from their self-titled 1998 album out of Edmonton, Alberta. That was Mole City with Swing and Dig It. Mole City's core trio of guitarist Chris Watt, bassist Charles Andreshik, and drummer John Wilson. Although the cover album for this, or the cover art for the album, features five players and no other context for what's going on, but such as it is. Actually, sorry, you know what? <laughs> Rest of the liar notes actually explain what's going on. Flute, it's Devin Rowe. And then on saxophone, Mark Skids Skidmore. So, hey. It's great when the electronic press kit <laughs> doesn't bunch everyone together at the same time. One thing about the Spider-Man music that especially highlights from the theme is the hyper bass, the dun 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 Everyone thought that was Charles Mingus who was doing it, but no. It wasn't. Ralph Bakshi confirmed it, even though I'm not sure how the animator would have run into the recording session, especially since he was the animator from season two of Spider-Man, but such as it is. So, there's a few other takes of uh, Ray Ellis's music from Spider-Man, although sometimes a little bit more grungy. I think um, Grim Skunk does have their own material. Occasionally find it in metal as well. Of course, Spider-Man theme has appeared throughout the Spider-Man films throughout, whether it's the Sony ones, starring Tobey Maguire, where usually buskers play it, or doing Andrew Garfield doing it through the reboots that happened when the spiderwebs weren't coming automatically out through the wrists, but through technology again. Of course, with ringtones. And the most recent iteration of Spider-Man, with Tom Holland. Actually providing a proper Queen's accent as he's talking, even though he's from England. But the main important thing is they got the Spider-Man theme out of the way before they got into Spider-Man Homecoming, which came out last year featuring Michael Giacchino's score. Danny Elfman provided the first Sony wave of movie music, and then James Horner with the other two. Spider-Man will be back in a new movie called Far From Home, I think it is. Kind of referring to how Marvel Studios roped Spider-Man back into this entire cinematic universe. We, of course, did see him in Captain America Civil War, which was part of his recruitment. And, of course, this year's Avengers Infinity War. Stan Lee. Effectively acted as the promoter for Marvel after he had left the company, sort of as emeritus. Died at age 95 at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, Los Angeles, on November 12th. He'd been battling pneumonia earlier, and it was part of a weird kind of case whereby after his wife of many years died uh, someone selling memorabilia they tried latching on him and taking him away from the rest of his family but restraining order was filed that was taken in place otherwise Stanley filmed a lot of his cameos in advance for the next wave of Marvel movies because there's the sequel to Infinity War there is the sequel to Spider-Man as well not sure about Guardians of the Galaxy quite yet but we'll see Anyways, that's it for Exploding Hit Movies this week. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Jazz Show with Gam Walker, and he'll guide you to midnight and beyond. So stay tuned to CITR for the rest of your web slinging Monday. Next week, oh goodness, it's December already, and uh, I do hope to share Tom York's Suspiria soon. Great soundtrack, although I was looking at what other Radiohead members have been doing as of late. Johnny Greenwood did a fantastic score to You Were Never Really Here. So I might parcel that out 
because, of course, we do have a holiday episode coming up, and then we do have to look at the best of the year. But with news of Nicholas Rogue dying, and then Bernardo Bertolucci, I have to get in the gear, figure it out. Some of that might defer to 2019. We'll see. Let's close with a little last bit of Spider-Man music. And this actually is the first recorded song, as far as we can tell, tied to Spider-Man. Featuring vibraphonist Freddie McCoy and becoming a title track to his 1965 album. Featuring Charles L. Wilson on piano, Steve Davis on bass, and Ruli Lawless on drums. Here's Freddie McCoy with Spider-Man. Take care of yourselves, Vancouver. Stay dry. And Excelsior. See ya.